Thank you, Father Jerry. I'm sure if you're from Clonard tonight, there will be differences in what it would have been like for us to be at Mass on the eve of Pentecost. The big thing for Jonathan and I that night was the incense. We had both really bad colds that night. And yes, didn't go easy in the incense, and my nose was going completely daft. We do things differently, and I hope that we will see the richness of that, because we wouldn't get rid of the incense, even when it bothers our nose. To do it in another place, in another way, with one another, can be enriching. And one of the things you have to catch on when you come to a Presbyterian service of any sort is, it's going to be long. Or longer. I want us just before we come around the table to focus on a few thoughts, and Jerry has already led us into those thoughts, but let me start 20 years ago this week. About 20 years and a month ago this week, I arrived back in Belfast from three years in Dublin, travelling around the Republic for the Presbyterian Youth Board under the guidance, uh, nearly said lordship, of Ros Sterling, one of our elders here in Fitzroy. And I came back, and about a week after I came back, the Belfast Folk Festival was happening, and I'd, I'd for a year been talking some of my friends in Glasgow into coming over to the Folk Festival. But one of them kept saying, it's dangerous in Belfast, Steve. I don't want to risk my life by going to Belfast, Steve. So for about a year, I talked Dot into coming over to the festival, and over she came. And on the morning of the festival, they came to my flat, which was in the middle of the city at the time. And we counted 10 to 20 British soldiers in the car park as they arrived. They did the concert at the Belfast Folk Festival in the old museum with two armed men on the door with guns and a Saracen tank 50 yards up the road. She didn't really feel any more secure than she had all those years she didn't want to come. I say that because within 10 days, I think, we had a ceasefire. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd only been back two weeks. And to achieve a ceasefire in two weeks, I thought was newsworthy if Paul Clark had got in touch with me. Of course, it wasn't me. But as we this week celebrate 20 years of ceasefire, surely a lot of our attention has been drawn back to Clonard Monastery, to Father Alec Reed who had in his mind that there's something wrong, and when there's something wrong, Jesus asks us to put it right. So what could he do? What if, what if he could get Jerry Adams and John Hume together to talk about a ceasefire? What if? I was at a conference this week where we were putting timelines in the last 40 years of Northern Ireland's history. And on that timeline, as I went back to it, everybody in the room had a chance to put things somewhere. I went across when it was finished, and I saw Gibraltar, Michael Stone, but not one person in a room full of Christians had put Father Alec Reid. Father Alec Reed took us to, and I know Father Jerry and Ken and others in the Clonard Fitzroy Fellowship were involved in that process, 
where peace or ceasefire became real. But of course, it's not fully here. And this summer, we've stood on the brink. We wonder what's going on at Stormont. What will happen in the Ardoin? What about the next parade? What about the dissidents? 20 years that my children never were searched going into a shop. Never were stopped by the army on the street. Heard very little about what we grew up with. It's very real. But it's not yet fully here. As we read from Ephesians, the first two chapters, what incredible, incredible theology and blessing are in those two chapters of Ephesians 1 and 2, Father Jerry reading the second part of chapter 2. And in those two chapters, we hear this amazing story of redemption and adoption into Christ and all the atonement and work of what we're going to remember in the sacrament tonight. And we hear about this peace that has been made, the reconciliation that goes with Christ's death on the cross. And yet, though it's all real and Paul tells us it's ours and asks and prays that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened to see it, he still says that the Holy Spirit sent as a seal because it's real, but it's not fully here yet. And in this ministry of reconciliation and of us being built into this church, the words are being built up, growing into. It's real, but it's not fully yet. Just as in our communion tonight, the Clonard Fitzroy for 33 years is incredibly real. Even in my five years, we have sat and shared very openly and honestly from our traditions and our faith and learn from each other. But tonight, though I will declare an open table for us all, we're not there fully yet. And I want to encourage us and challenge us on three fronts around this cross. I want to start with ourselves and those words in Ephesians. We come and we take this bread and this wine And it is the assurance that Christ has died for us, that we are redeemed, that our sin is atoned for, and that by his grace through faith, we can be the children of God. It is real. And yet I imagine as a pastor that even tonight as we gather together, we're aware that there's still doubts, frailty, Sin, temptation that still challenges in our lives. It's real, but it's not fully there yet. In our churches, we gather around this table in different parts of the city, in different denominations, and we declare Christ and fellowship is real, but it's not there yet. In our city and in our country, we have a peace. Yes, it's an institutional peace, but what about the societal peace that's needed 
for the future of our city and our country. It's real, but it's not quite there yet. And the Clonard Fitzroy Fellowship is there for all three of those things. That in fellowship together, we might grow in our faith as individuals. Something that's real, but not there yet. In great Presbyterian theology, we're justified by faith, but sanctification's still a long way off. Those two things. It's personal. And in the Clonard Fitzroy Fellowship, I, it might have been Mary or somebody was reading at the last one I was at, and some of the words that were spoken from the scriptures really spoke into my individual life as we share our individual lives grew, move towards what can be fully there. So we gather tonight in bittersweet. We long for the day when the prayer that Jesus prayed that we read at the start of the service might be, and that we might be one because it's a missional intent that Jesus speaks of it. He says, the world will know that you're my disciples if you're one. And I shared this in Fitzroy. I remember Alistair Morris coming over from Scotland and saying at the first Antrim convention that he heard that the greatest hindrance to world evangelism was Northern Ireland. Look at Northern Ireland. The Christians kill each other. What if, what if, our ability to become one through the pain and the scars of our past could be a witness to the world that this cross works? And then finally... Clonard Fitzroy, simply because it meets, is a prophetic thing in our city. There will be very few churches tonight in Belfast which will be gathering like this one. And all of us might face some hostility within our denominations because this meeting is taking place. But I honestly believe if Christians are going to mold and reshape and reimagine our culture and our political climate, then we as churches need to show grace and generosity and imagination and model it to the rest of our city and land. In Fitzroy this morning, we declared that over these next month, we would look at three things. Modeling godly character making good work, ministering grace and love, molding culture, being mouthpiece for truth and justice and being messengers of the gospel. It's that fourth one tonight that I believe we're doing right here and now. We are molding a culture, trying to reshape it into something different, simply by reaching out across our divisions and our hurts to gather together and share the love of Christ. So, the kingdom is real, but it's not fully there yet. As we look forward to it, let's look forward to it together, learning from one another, growing as individuals, growing the bride of Christ into a beautiful bride for the bridegroom to return to, and bringing God's kingdom here in Belfast as it is in heaven. Father Alex said, if there's something wrong, we need to put it right. Jesus told him that. Let's follow the Jesus that Father Alec followed and see indeed if gathering round this sacrament might make a contribution to our own lives, to the church's life, 
into the life of our city.